0: Blob Radio Talk Radio
1: Welcome to the second episode of Rockin' the Carolinas. I'm your host, Zach Martin. Follow with me. It's Colin Jones. Say hello, man. Yo, Colin, you there, bro? <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm here. Sorry. I was trying to look up that overall record. How are y'all doing? Doing good. Doing good, man. Man,
1: man it's great to be back on for the first time. In,
0: well, <laughs> first time for me, at least, on the this, on this show.
1: But, uh, man, it's great to be talking Carolina hockey. How about that?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, I mean, after coming off that great win against Buffalo last night and got home against Columbus tonight, man, it's it's crazy all these back-to-backs we're getting this week. It's probably, what, the second time this week we've gotten two in a row?
0: That is right. And finally being home after that huge uh, road trip of the Canes. Yeah, that uh, that was a little crazy
1: going, what, 13 days, six games, all over the West Coast, man, stay Getting up for until, like, what, one in the morning for almost all those games? whoo wee <laughs> Man, Yeah, I it like it's not like the game to sleep, sure. yeah. Yeah, or after Buffalo last night starting at 7, it's actually kind of nice not to get up at a ridiculous time. Or actually, to watch all those games on the West Coast. So, it's actually kind of nice being back at home. But, um but yeah, welcome to the show, everyone. So, we're actually doing uh – we're actually going to pre – we're going to actually, sorry, recap last night's win against the Buffalo Sabres, our, our second win to finish off the road trip two, two, and two. And then we are also in a preview tonight's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. They actually were waiting for us here at home in Raleigh, um, just like how we did against Buffalo last night in Buffalo. So, um, so obviously a lot of things, a lot of things to recap from last night's game. If you ask me, Colin, I don't know about you, but <laughs> that game, uh,
0: a little bit more nerve wracking than I was hoping for. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially, uh, the first two periods, you know, it was slow and choppy, as Derek Ryan said in that post-game interview. But then the uh, third period lit up. Yeah, I was actually really surprised because I'm like, uh, the first period, like, okay,
1: nothing, nothing, not really going very much going on. In the least score, I'm like, all right, that's fine. At least we finally had a good second period. Because for some reason, the story of the season for us is just we just fall apart all over the second period, especially because you remember going back to I don't know, was it like San Jose? In like Vancouver, we were totally fine in the first period. We just fall apart in the second, so at least we finally had a good exactly. second period for once, and who knows how long, so that's kinda nice but um
0: right, right,
1: yeah, like like you said, it finally opened up until like the what the third period we finally decided to show up, and man, that third period got that third period got insane. the fact we was it was like four two up at one point, and then we somehow blow a lead I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> It's like is this gonna be exactly. really how the Kings are gonna finish off this road trip? that like we got we got four one against those guys, after being down like I no mean, we were like four two after being down like two one, after insane craziness that was going on with like you know Jordan Lee and Eichel all by himself, the scores first of his hat tricks, which is of course only the Hurricanes would so. give up Eichel's, yeah. Eichel's first hat trick
0: had to be against the Hurricanes. But I guess that's hurricane yeah. hockey. We couldn't just blow out a team and win. We had to make it a heart stopper there in overtime. Yeah, and of course.
1: Of course, your boy Derek Ryan uh, got it, got a goal for us, and then of course huh, my guy, big old Jacob Slavin, gets the O T winner. Oh, man, that was a you have to say That's a rocket of a shot that he put on. A, oh, who was Buffalo's goalie last night? I'm I'm used to saying Lanner, but I do not know who Jones. Was last night. Yeah, Chad Johnson and that shot he did was almost off post. Oh, like it was wide open in the middle. That was that was fantastic. So your boy and my boy both scored last night, so giving us that posting yeah. winner, but shoot, shoot, Yeah, I was me, I was sweating bullets the last like period and a half, that's for
0: sure. Oh yeah, Slavin, he top shelf that one and over time right over his uh shoulder, I think it was his Johnson's left shoulder there and uh we definitely spread the offense around, which is more of the hurricane style. Regardless, as Derrick Ryan said in the post game, which uh, Mike Maniscalco focused on Derek Ryan for the majority of the time there, so most of the quotes are from him. But he said they we don't really have a big star, which is of course known, but uh, that we have to spread the offense in order to win. You know, hurricanes. We added goals from Justin Williams, Jordan style, Derek Ryan, and Elias Lindholm. Plus, of course, Jacob Slavin there in overtime. And, um, Derek Ryan also had that beauty of an assist. Um, you you can't just score with one person with the Hurricanes. Uh, and we're so deep that you just have to spread that offense around. And, uh, a little bit of a scare there with, uh, Trevor Van Reemsite. You know, he went off the ice and, uh, I think he had a little bit of a, they had to stop some bleeding, uh, go through a concussion protocol. I think what the quote was there, but, he returned to the bench uh in the third period. Uh, I haven't heard if he's skating today, but I'm pretty sure he is. From yeah, I don't
1: thing. see why not be Yeah, I don't see why not yeah, I saw I saw his chin locked when he got back on the bench and man that that's like a beauty right, right. Apparently, from from what I heard like went up the shaft and like got him in the got him in the chin, so at least he's alright at least he got him back on the bench. Oh um, and yeah, all that
0: exactly. stuff.
1: But yeah, it was just but like you said, though, like for offense, it's just for some reason, like you know, you hear all these teams, like you know, with Tampa Bay with Stamkos and Kucherov, and you got you know Buffalo with Eichel, you got the Oilers with McDavid, and you see all these teams with like those one superstar guy, and sometimes they make it work, but sometimes it doesn't because you look at Pittsburgh and they have got just almost everyone on their roster. And Chicago, even for Chicago, for a while had it. they spread it out now you know, <laughs> see if it looks like it looks like it looks like it's the Patrick Kane. The it show up there in Chicago. We have for us for Carolina. It just seems like we don't have that number one huge like guy who's gonna, just going to carry the team on his shoulders. So that you think because if you look at overall through our like through our season leaders, like I mean Tavo leads in points with twenty four. Skinner got has, Skinner has eleven goals. So you're not saying that it's like it's just one guy dominating the points because you look at Tavo's numbers, he's got more so assists than goals. I and mean, if you look at Ajo, Ajo is pretty much the only one that's, like, straight down the middle. He's more even than everyone else on the team. So, that's, that's what I think is what you can really say for the Hurricanes overall because, um, yeah, just looking over it now, because, you mean like Justin Williams has, like, 22 points, and that's still not even the top of the team. He's got 15 assists, seven goals, and Ajo's seven and 16. So, I mean, if you really look at the team, we're more even. We're mostly an even squad. Uh, yeah, Skinner's got 11 goals and 10 assists. And like I said, Tara Vine with 8 and 16. So if you really look at the team overall, like you said, it's just it's one of those things where we're more so an even squad than just that one huge guy that can lead that and lead right. the team. That's just something that's interesting to think about.
0: Yeah, it's that it's the style that he's brought to the Hurricanes of acquiring people especially young talent who can spread that offense and run four lines. Uh, you're not stacking one line with three superstars like you uh, you see in a Pittsburgh or you see in a Chicago, and then you have three subpar or two subpar lines uh, where they're more of a liability than anything else. Um, and that's uh, more of the style that we run now in Carolina. And it's, uh, it appears to be much more efficient because you have, as you said, several guys that have high point totals, especially with someone like Justin Williams who doesn't have to score a lot of goals to have a lot of points because he has a lot of people around him that can score goals and he can just uh, make them better hockey players.
1: Oh yeah, and I agree for sure. Like, if you look at the lines, like, you got, you got the TSA line going one and then you have what Derek Ryan sometimes with Williams or he has or because uh, I think it was like Skinner, Skinner, yep. uh, yeah, Skinner, Ryan, and you got Williams on the third line, which is a great line. But then you probably got like uh, maybe you got Lindholm with you know like with Rask and McGinn on the third line. If you look at the fourth line, the fourth line is still pretty good sometimes. If you got maybe Josh Joris or oh, um, uh, uh, yeah, and Paul uh, Kruger and all that. So it's, it's, so it's like we have a solid.
0: Goldie, I mean and- yeah, yeah, Nordstrom, when Nordstrom and, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, when Nordstrom and Joyce are lighting the lamp, you, you've got a solid fourth line, and you got Kruger who can who can really throw the body around. And, and now you've got more of a, a check-and-scoring and fourth line, and you don't have any other liabilities in the line. So you can run four lines, and you can run your, your three Ds, and, and there's no problem. And that seems to be a more efficient hockey team to run against these teams that only have one or two lines to run there.
1: Right, exactly. And then, then you go, then you go look at our blue liners. You got like the top. You would think the top pairing would be like you know Justin Falk or whoever. But if you look at the top pairing line for our D line, we have you know Slavin and Pesci, who've been basically together since those two got with the Canes a few seasons back. So they, those two have been inseparable just from the jump. And then, like, of course, you got them, and then you got Falk and Hannifin, or no, Falk and um, uh, uh Flurry. Which is a good which is a good one two punch and of course you said then you got Hannafin and uh TBR sometimes. I mean need even look right. at our Blue Line, our blue line it's, we got the nice balance of veterans, guys who've been here for a little while and of course rookies with Hayden Flurry and Flurry's been playing out of his mind as a rookie. So I mean even if you look at our D pairing
0: oh yeah, absolutely. they're
1: really not that that's not bad that either, of course. And then you know, of course we have our goaltending issues tonight, and I and I can understand looking through, you know, just Carolina groups on Facebook and through Twitter and stuff like that, people are like, not really, they're, I would not say they're not incensed, but they're, you can tell the frustrations there. And the thing that I'm, all, I'm always preaching is like, you know what, like Cam Ward, yeah, he, he never had a good backup after um, two, around 2009, 2010 when our sliding started. I don't think we really had a solid backup for Cam. And that's what everyone's just mad about because the fact he can't do anything. But you can't expect him to play, what, 60 out of 82 games a season. No bully is going to withstand that and then try to go into a playoff. So, I mean, it's nice to and And then people are complaining about Scott Darling. I'm like, you know what? though? Like, Scott Darling, he sat behind Corey Crawford in Chicago for, what, two, three seasons. And now he's the first No, one. his first time in the number one. It's like, I understand that. Yeah. He gives up a lot of soft goals. And I, I give a test there. Like, those are, pretty, those are pretty bad, especially talking about both Rangers games and all that. It's just, we just got to give him time. We got to give him time to be the number one, but now if we have Cam in that Cam doesn't have to worry about having to stand on his head and win s sixty plus try to play sixty plus games in season now. He actually can go out there and do his job. And luckily on the road trip we saw win three hundred, which was a shutout which <laughs> or a win in a win in a shootout, which is basically resembles back from his first win, And of course he got the one last night to get three So it's kinda nice to see at least we have a good we have a it's an okay one two punch. I'm not saying we have a solid uh, goaltending core, but I think just with time, I think we'll have you know, solid goaltending night in and night out. I mean, that's just what I'm thinking.
0: Well, yeah, and I I don't know what any of the other Caniacs felt, because I know a lot of people out there are, have there's a lot of Cam Ward uh, people who are against Cam Ward, but there's also a building full of people on game nights that love Cam Ward. Uh, but when I saw that Cam Ward was going to get two straight games just in that, I, I was happy out of my mind, and I loved to uh, watch those. So um, I, I knew from the start when we were getting a starting goalie in Scott Darling that Cam Ward would be able to perform much better than he has past subpar seasons now that he wasn't having to worry about being the starter. Um, he could, you know, relax some, and especially as he – becomes more of a veteran. He doesn't have to reach that huge game mark, as you said. And Scott Darling can adjust to being uh, Scott Darling can adjust to being a starter, and Cam Ward can adjust to being a backup simultaneously, and they both can fit into those roles and put in a solid goaltending core there in Carolina.
1: Yeah, and that's and I think that's what just people the other candidates actually need to realize. It's like, you know what yeah, it's we're not talking if like we have, you know, Herrick Lundquist or Jonathan Quick and that or Corey Crawford or I anything. Mean, you gotta you have the thing is if you look at Cam Ward, I don't think you can talk about a guy like Cam in Carolina who for a goalie that had a season that he had. Because you can go back to, you know, when we had Kevin Weeks, Archers Ergay, Trevor Kidd, Martin Gerber and all these guys, it's like some of those guys were good, were really good for us, but then most of the time they've been they've been subpar okay. But then, of course, you get in 06 just coming out of nowhere in the playoffs, going into Conn Smythe and getting us a cup and all that stuff. And I just – sometimes I just think that I wish our fans would give Scott more of a time to adjust. Because you can't ask a guy who's been a backup in Chicago for the last, like, three seasons. Okay, you're the starting goalie now, and now go win it's like – 42 games a season, you have to be, like, on your head every game. That, unfortunately, this could happen because sometimes our offenses are straight cold, you know, or our defense, <laughs> a.k.a. Justin Falk, will mostly just yeah, fall asleep yeah. and, 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 leave, and leave him out to dry. And, and, Oh, and you know what, I, I like Justin Falk early on, but I don't know what is going on with this season, but, man, he is just, I don't know if he's falling asleep or maybe because him being the co-captain made him, like, I don't, I don't know what is going on. Well, obviously, the co-captain thing is stupid. We need to have one captain. But I don't know what Justin, Justin Falk's been doing this year because he's basically – he's falling asleep. And I don't know where he's been because he's made some horrendous passes and just – he is not, like, shots have been that green I don't, I'm still waiting for that free case, though, because obviously he can't put one in the net for something. Yeah.
0: So, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know what's been going on with Justin Falk this year. It's just been awful. Yeah, the 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 queso is not, not flowing this year, but we can I think we could if we didn't make an entire episode we could at least make a pretty large segment just off the co cabinancy issue. Um I think me you um and several of our other uh collaborators all uh, could talk about the co cabinancy issue so we could have a, a long segment on that um within itself. I also think one captain would have been a plenty of captains. Uh, If you're going to give two captains, you might as well have given three and four and divided the season up into eights and give out eight captains. But, you know, (laughs) my opinion was to have let Justin Williams have been the captain for his two years and have let a more seasoned veteran arise in those two years. But we'll save that for another day. But, um, you know, I think he's gotten a little more relaxed. I think Justin Falk is maybe it's his All Star selections too. That might have played into it a little bit, but something has gotten to where he, he thought he was uh, a superstar or, or something. I don't I don't know where, where we got to a more relaxed state with him, but he is falling asleep, and we do have a more uh, relaxed it seems version of him, and the play on the ice has definitely reflected it. Because he's not the Justin Falk of the rookie season or the sophomore season, uh, by any means.
1: Yeah, I yeah I, I think going back to what you said about the all I mean these what three, three All Star selections and I that, and just the thing the thing he's our All Star it's like that's really saying some of the fact that how <laughs> not great our seasons have been for him to be the only one I think it's, I think it's gone to its head but um but let's uh. Transition to you know tonight's game. Now we got the Blue Jackets, who just like what we were doing out in Buffalo, they're waiting for us. And <laughs> over the over the last few over the last like three games we've played so far against them this year, we've won one, lost one in the shootout, and lost one in overtime. So we we've, we're one zero and two against these guys. So I'm saying it's not great, but I mean at least at least we're doing something against them. But I mean I, I wish there was a little bit more we could do. But, I mean, I'll I'll take it for what it is, but for the fact that hey, we're at least we're at least we're getting points out of Columbus. But if we if we want to get ourselves out of this ridiculous division that we're in, we need to start scoring two points and hold these guys to zero. Because I wish, honestly, I wish we were in the Atlantic because that that division is just so weak. But of course, unfortunately, we get the Metro with the most with everyone else. So yeah, I think we need to get some points tonight for sure, more than just one.
0: Yeah, you definitely need to come out with uh, two points um, by far uh, tonight. The huge deal is uh, winning three games in a row for the first time this season. Um, start starting to get on the ball, getting on a roll. Um, something that is really great. Uh, last season when we made a playoff push and got strung some games together, it really starts to add up quick. I mean, when you start to look at the standings and you start to win several games in a row, those points start to stream together in a hurry. When you start getting two points in back-to-back-to-back games, you climb and, and overtake other teams so quickly. Um, you know, just coming off this road trip, of course, and facing um, the leading team in the Metro is, is not an easy seat. You know, Columbus right now has 41 points, and, and we have 33, um, so that doesn't match up well, but as you said, we, we've been working on them this year, and, and it's not undoable by any means to at least get a point tonight and, and push them to overtime, but I, I think it's definitely doable to come out with two points, especially uh, with them having traveled to Raleigh, um, but this is effectively a um, an away game for us. As John Forslund said last night, uh, this is pretty much just in addition onto our road trip because uh, of the travel that the boys had to take last night from uh, Buffalo.
1: Yeah, definitely. And John was right. And Tribune said, like, we have to see this as, the last night had to be a home game because basically we need to come out and go strong against them, against Buffalo. And then tonight, yeah, like you said, we have to have, be with the road game. But if you look at the stats overall for Columbus, like, and we thought our power play was bad because we're sitting at 28. They're actually 31st in the power play with like only 10%. So if we go down on the PK, we can almost hold these guys off. So even even though our PK is terrible at 26. At 77%. I think we have a legitimate shot if we go down a man tonight. That and we've been we've been stellar um, on the PK over the, over the uh, road trip. So that might do something with it, but. I don't know, because they're, they're probably to kill at six. And, you know, our power play has just been – our power play our, – our our special teams in general have just been terrible. So we basically – the, if they go down a man, we need to take an opportunity because these guys do not let a power – they do not let in power play goals because they're at 83%. So I think that's something we need to do too. But um, goals four, I mean, we're we're almost there with them. They're 19th, we're about 23rd in the league. Um, and then um, – Goals against, They're they're. They give a 2.59 a game. We give about three. So I mean, it, I think. I think if we play solid, if we just keep doing what we did the last two games, you know, get those gritty wins, um, play the full sixty, which is what I think after Florida, I think we've really gotten the gear of trying to play a whole sixty minus the Vancouver game. That was just. I don't even want to remember that Vancouver game because that was just not fun to watch. But I think overall in general, if you look at the rest of our road trip, we actually did – we got finally got that full six in. And I think if we do that again against Columbus, I think we might have a shot of doing it tonight. But, of course, like, you said, well, like I said, if we stay out of the special teams area, I think we should be all right. And we got to keep Panarin out of the net. And work <laughs> Strand and Tolino. I think those are the three guys we definitely need to watch
0: tonight. Yeah, um, it's funny because Steve Smith, uh, last night, you know, Trip runs down there and, and does a little interview. It's usually either with Rod Brendamore or, uh, Steve Smith, um, uh, right after an intermission before one period starts. And it was right before either the first or, no, it was right before the first Jack Eichel goal. And, um, uh, he said, well, the key to winning uh, against Buffalo is keeping Jack Eichel's chances low. And then it was less than, you know, a couple minutes later, and Jack Eichel, you know, scores his first. And then by the end of the night, he had a hat trick. So you're exactly right with limiting the chances uh, tonight with those big um, goal-scoring players. Uh Defense has to step up. Uh, Justin Falk can't sleep. Um, The special teams, um, you know, we have shown in the past that our penalty kill can be dominant in the league. In season's past, we've led the league for um, weeks at a time. Um, So we can definitely string together some nice penalty kills when we want to. Um, so You know, if that comes to play, um, we definitely need to have a strong set of, um, you know, special teams when it comes in. And it's definitely a winnable game at that point if we can uh, beat them where it counts. And that's uh, definitely the key to coming out with a win there with a team that's hot right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's just what, like you say, as long as we, as long as we stay, if we stay solid on our special teams and follow what Smith's does and you know Riley, Brandon, Moore and those guys. I think we have a legitimate shot at least but the PK is doing really well. The power play, uh, it's like I said, the power play has been it's hit and miss with those guys. But it seems like over this last road trip, I think this road trip finally kicked in with the power with the penalty kill unit because we've been just rock solid. Through most of the short shifts, like you said, if we get through tonight, and of those guys are going to be really great too. But unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, we get Terry Bobrovsky tonight, and let's be honest, that guy has been the last I don't know how many seasons now. He's just been wiped out. Just he's been killer. And I think if we and he's t- he's tough to score against. But but I mean, like I said, we not the last game, but the game before we beat them in regulation. We we got we got to them. So I mean, Bobrovsky is. We can beat him, but we have to not get, not get fans with the passes, like we saw with Ajo, what happened with Ajo. And we also just need to we need to crash the net. And that's like with what um, Jordan Stahl did, uh, Derek Ryan, you know, getting get shots on goal, we go with Jacob and Justin Williams and all that. We basically just need to pepper, just pepper him. But we got to make sure we're getting legitimate shots on Bobrovsky because he, he can save those far-out shots. So, if we're going to shoot from the point, we've got to screen him. we got to do something because we just basically, I like think last night was the first night in forever that we did not outshoot the other team. So, I think we have to go against Columbus tonight. I think we got to get quality shots on him and score when we can because Bogrovsky is just elite. <laughs> He's elite, and we need to do something against him
0: tonight. Right. And you just can't play the Bill Peters system and rack up that massive amount of franchise record shots, you know, like we have in certain games. And you have to really get those quality shots. Like you said, I think um, wearing Verovsky down with uh, shots that are quality shots and getting those greasy chances um, that are in tight, you know, at the end of every um, pregame when everybody crashes the net, like you've seen before every hockey game, that's your offensive strategy against someone who is as um, dominant as someone like Brofsky is. You have to get in there and get those greasy chances like that. And, you know, peppering him with the shots is also going to help because eventually something's going to fall. I mean, you know, you keep hitting a guy, you keep hitting a guy, and eventually he's he's going to make a mistake. Something's going to fall. and um, It's just keeping in that offensive zone and making something happen and just shooting right back to the um, – the special teams, you know, it seems as though this year we've had a better offensive team on the – I mean, we've had a better put-together team on the penalty kill than we have on the power play by far. I mean, sometimes I've said that, you know, it seems like we have more shots while we're on the penalty kill when we're a man down than we do when we're a man up. It seems like the team is better that way. Um, So, when we have a power play, it's almost like the team has taken a step back not a step forward, and whatever move that the team has got to make to um, power plays a step forward in a game, not just a complacentness or a step back, is going to have to be made. Um, You know, it's uncomfortable, of course, to talk about Rod Brennemore's spot with the team, but the power play has got to have some sort of spark. And if it's moving the lines around, of course, Bill Peters loves to shake those lines up. So shaking the lines up on the power play is is um, a great option. And, you know, figuring out how to really run a effective a, a power play, I think, is going to be our key to having a playoff team, especially um, over the next couple, if not this season, the next couple of seasons. Um, and being successful in the league and being able to be competitive with other teams, especially in a tough division in the Metro and getting those extra points and making those one-point games, two-point games, getting those greasy power, point, uh, power play goals and being sure you get that extra point on nights when it counts.
1: Yeah, no, I, I understand that. I got you. But I, we have about, about a minute left. So
0: what's your prediction for tonight for the game? Prediction for tonight, um, Bobrovsky, he's, of course, is going to keep it tight. So we're going to score two. Um, Columbus is going to score one. It's going to be a two-to-one game. In regulation, we take home the two points. What's yours? Huh,
1: you Still the word dry in my mouth. I was thinking two-one as well for uh, for us. We get the W and we get that win. But um, well, with the little time we have left, I just want to say thank you to everyone who listened in live on our show. And if you haven't caught us, catch us on Block Talk Radio at Rockin' the Carolinas. Also, catch us on Twitter at Rockin' Carolinas. And also, go like our page on Facebook at Rockin' the Carolinas. You know, hit us with a like, you know, hit some comments. Uh, Tell us what you think about the show. And then in a couple of days, we will be on iTunes. So, catch us on there as well. If you ever want to call in, just. Give us a shout on the page, and we'll try to get you in. But, Colin, it was great working with you, man. Uh,
0: Excited to watch the game tonight. Oh, yeah, it is. It was uh, a lot of fun doing this for the first time, and I appreciate it. All right. All right, well, in that case, we will see you guys later, and have a great day, everyone.
1: 18- plus.